it's amazing how fast five o'clock comes around. You think so? Especially when you're sitting, you're sitting in the uh, other room having having a, having a great discussion, just a really good in-depth discussion. Really? It's Blair and Barker. I heard a little Friday. of it. It wasn't great. Well. <laughs> Boff was in there. It was a great discussion. We, it was deep. It was it was deep. It was so good. I left like a half a minute into it. Well, we threw. That's how good it was. Well, we started throwing out <laughs> words with too many syllables, so you just got up and left. Don't be jealous. I could pull this off. Speaking like this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Blue Jays are on the West Coast. They will start a three-game series against the Seattle Mariners if you're going to the game. I should have said this. Uh, it's too late now because I know there's always a ton of Canadians that go to that game in Seattle. 30,000. I should have said make up, a, make up a Blair and Barker sign or something like that. Think they'd put it on TV? Probably not. No, we're radio. <laughs> yeah, they are not going to do that. Come do that. on. God forbid they should do that. Are we a team when it comes to that? <clears throat> not sure. Anyhow, uh, have fun if you're going to the game. And Absolutely. Uh, say, Friday. Hi, say hi to say say hi. Oscar for us. <laughs> say hi to Hazel when you see her. <laughs> I'm sure they will. She's very they popular. Will. She Seattle. is. She is. She uh, should be. She's very good at her job. John Schneider is the manager of the Blue Jays. He'll join us at 530. And uh, we'll get to talk to John about the Jays acquisition today of Yenesis Cabrera from the St. Louis Cardinals for... Uh, catcher who is Florida Complex Leaguers, Sammy Hernandez. 14th rounder, 2022. Yeah, and don't, if, you, if you're going to call up using the back leg line today or anything, do not ask us what we think of Sammy Hernandez because I'd be lying if I said I knew well, the first thing I about don't him. think anybody. Uh, anyhow, Yanis uh, Cabrera is a lefty reliever who sometimes throws hard and sometimes finds the strike zone and, Quite often gives up home oh, he runs. Does, he throws hard most of the time. Most of the time. That's it's just, it, it's it's screaming project. Well, it's. That's what it's screaming. It's screaming. Um, Poor little Petey. No. Nah, if, he if he didn't have enough to worry about. Well, we'll ask, we'll ask, we'll ask John Schneider about that. He, the, the most important thing is he has, he has options left. Will he be in the big leagues, you think? So, I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, he has options left, which means, of course, that he can ride the uh, Buffalo Express. Mm-hmm. Um, Does throw really hard, though. And uh, Trent Thornton was designated for assignment today to make room on the 40-man roster for Yenesis Cabrera. And uh, I know that I'm sure, well, I'm sure there are people out there who thought that it meant adios to Mitch White, but such is not the case yet. Mm. Uh, Cabrera, look, at at, at best, uh, you know, Ross Atkins mentioned the other day, that uh, the team was looking to add bullpen help, preferably from the left side. Uh, this doesn't mean that this is the last move the Blue Jays will make. Oh, but, but what it does do, well, here's the way I look at it. Uh, I mean, first of all, I, I'm on board with adding more lefty relief help because I want to ease off the workload a little bit on Eric Swanson, who's used against lefties because of the because of the, the splitter. And listen, Tim Mays has turned into a really, really good, really important pitcher for this team. And he's oh, pitched course. himself into a situation where he's going to be in leverage. So if Yenesis Cabrera can fill in the last spot in the, in, in, in the bullpen and, and help me out as a lefty, uh, 
I'm I'm more than fine with that. And I think that's probably that's probably where you're looking. The, the fact of the matter is the Jays get a free look at this dude. When's the trade deadline? It's the 21st. First. There's 10 days before the trade deadline, roughly. They get a free look at this guy. If he's any good, then you go into the trade deadline. You think, okay, maybe we don't have to trade for – we don't have to invest a lot in trading for another bullpen arm because we have Chad Green coming back. That's the other factor at work here. And that, by extension, might allow you to put more of your resources towards adding – that middle of the order bat that just about everybody and you know Caleb Joseph made this point yesterday he's talked to guys around the team and the the, the team is saying yeah we need another bat so okay. maybe that allows you to put more resources towards acquiring the bat because you may have filled your bullpen position now at the cost of a uh, of a catcher that well no if Kevin if this guy and and Chad Green I know there's ifs if this guy and Chad Green come good you may not have Let to make another ad at the deadline. Ch- change the scenery in a week would change the fact that Cabrera, 5.1 walks per nine, nine hits per nine. What you do love is 10.7 Ks per nine versus lefties. Lefties are hitting 200, 67 plate appearances, 23 strikeouts. It screams pockets. It screams Well, that. everything is pockets it, with the it, Jays. It I mean, scre- that's well, not. not the highest leverage guys. It doesn't, right? Well, I'm I mean, not, it, whoa, whoa, maybe whoa, whoa, a little. Who said this is a high leverage arm? I didn't say that. I didn't say this. This is just I an I arm. I absolutely. This maybe allows you to use Tim Mazet in a different role. I, I just, the question is, when would you use him? You could use him, I, I don't know. Use them when you need them. It's AJ, not like you're going to pitches per inning. It's not like you're going to read it. It's, it's, it's not like you're fifty six percent of the time. League average is sixty one percent. So he falls behind. He throws a lot of pitches in an inning. He walks a lot of people. He's really good against. Doing a lot of research into a guy into a guy who may not be in the bullpen. Well, I mean, after the trade hard. deadline, he throws passes. hard. Like it's, it's, it's a good. It's a good. I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, it's 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 a different arm, and it's something they don't have in the organization. So, yeah, I'm not I mean, saying that, there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying I. Well, if you're John, what would you use him? Like, that's the thing. Like, he, he walks amazing quite how, a few people. That's all. It's, it's, it's amazing how you will, find, you will find places to use a guy. It, maybe he goes down to AAA. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he, as I said, yeah, he, he has options left. And, and one of the things that Ross Atkins made very clear, and I happen to agree with this, I think there is a dollar value. I think there's a value attached to having options so that when you bring a guy in, it's not 25-man roster or bust. Yeah. So he's 26 years old. Yep. I mean, those really, really you know hard. Exactly. He's left-handed. And they have thrown Tim Mesa a lot. Yes. Eric and Swanson Eric Swanson a, a lot. lot. So, yeah, if this guy could close out the fifth inning versus a lefty. And, and the thing absolutely. is, maybe you don't know. A change of scenery could make a difference. Maybe. The Cardinals are a mess. We've talked about that all year. Yeah. It's not a good clubhouse. The mm. Cardinals are a mess. You watch some video, he, too. He's got a little attitude. He, he, he's, he does. He's got a little bit of, he, yeah. He, yeah, he bounces the ball when the manager comes out to take him out of the game. Like, here's some he's, things. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, he, he does. He, does. He's got a little bit of an edge to him. Yeah, and does. that's and that's fine. Well, as you know, long as you're see. throwing strikes, you can have all the edge you want to have. Let, yeah. Let, yeah. Let's, uh, you, you can look at this dude for 10 days. He hasn't cost you anything. So Absolutely. Uh, you know, Lefties that throw this hard don't grow on trees. That's so kind of where I'm with it. Yeah. Maybe he, has, he throws five pitches. Simplify it. Throw two good ones. Throw strike one because you throw super hard. You know, pocket it where he's facing two lefties and, 
you know, maybe not too many righties. Righties are hitting 313, so it hasn't been great against righties. And, nothing, and that's probably because the other three pitches, other than the four-seamer and the slider, haven't right. been great. And, and he, he maybe, maybe he gets used differently yeah, by John maybe. Schneider. Absolutely. And, and here's the other thing. N- none of this stuff happens in a vacuum. The Jays are, The Jays are going to have to make more moves this year. And we've talked about they don't have a lot in the minors. And we've talked about how there isn't a lot on the roster that you could subtract, you know, to get, for example, a Cody Bellinger. Well, if this guy comes good, understand there's ifs here. Mm-hmm. If Chad Green comes back, let me put this to you. <clears throat> if you're the Blue Jays, would you look at Nate Pearson as being part of a package to bring back a hitter. Absolutely. I, I'm not just pulling this out of my Abs- butt. I know you're not. Absolutely. I, I think you're asking the wrong person because I, I would have said that two months ago. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's you do what you have to do. Your weakest link is the dudes that play every single day yep. that hit in the order. Yeah. You have to fix that. And if you have to give up Nate Pearson, again, you think about Nate Pearson in a playoff spot. When would you use him? I'm mean, I know he throws hard and he likes to spin it, but when would you use him? That's what you're you're well, baking this, is, this on. <clears throat> this is down the way the I stretch. look at it. When you're using him. Further to your point, I got Jordy Romano closing. That's never gonna change. Again, if, 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 but you know, knock on wood, people seem to like the idea. If Chad Green can come back and is again 85, 90% uh, of what he was experience. before. That's the deal with him. And he knows his way around the ALEs. Absolutely. You've got Tim Mesa, who has uh-huh. taken strides forward. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Trevor Richards is, you know. MVP of the bullpen. There are ways of getting this done. And then you've got guys like Zulueta. You've got some guys in the minors. And, you know, if if you do end up trading Nate Pearson and you feel you need another right hand, then you go out and make a deal to add kind of the right-handed Gen- Genesis Cabrera. I'm just saying that I've thought all along and I've bounced this off some people yeah. that we've kind of been sleeping yeah, on, remember, on the possibility. Remember, too. Of Nate Pearson. The three being now, traded. now, if Ryu comes back and you got one guy out, odd guy, and it could be Yusei Kikuchi. There you go. All of a sudden, you got that 96 97, simplifying that with a slow breaking ball and 97 elevated. And he could be, and he that could, could be, that could take your spot there and he could go multiple innings. I was going to say, he's your multiple inning guy. So there you go. When Ross Atkins, and I, and I realized this after I went back and listened. Uh, to his his interview, and Shy talks about it, and has has got a really good article in Sportsnet.ca today. I direct your attention to it. Um, when Ross Atkins talks about the versatility they currently have on their roster and how it opens doors for them, that's what they're talking about, and and that versatility can ex- can extend to the pitching. If Hyunjin Ryu comes back and is good, I, there is a scenario where you could put Yusei Kikuchi in the bullpen, and then. Yeah. And you do get to a point where you go, where are the innings coming from? So I'm, I just, I have kind of thought for the past couple of weeks, and nobody said anything to me conclusively one way or another, but I know that there were a, a couple of teams here that are interested in Nate Pearson. Everybody's going to be interested in Nate sure. Pearson because everybody thinks they can reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's a guy that the Jays may the, be able to the, use. 
be honest. To, uh, if, get if, this if, done. The, if the name is the right name that they bring back, he no, nobody will remember Nate Pierce. Nope. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not nope. live about that. No, nope. and and it's it's that's reality. You're trying to win a World Series, and if that guy that you bring back is uh, hypothetical Bellinger, nobody will remember Nate Pearson. Nope. Anyhow. Um, John Schneider will join us at 5.30. I mentioned the Jays are in Seattle. Mike Cameron, former Mariners outfielder, will be along. And uh, we're hoping for a surprise appearance by a special guest outfielder with the Seattle Mariners. Have faith. Say his name. You can do it. Go ahead. Why not? It's your, you, you can say it. I'd rather you be wrong than the rest of the show. <laughs> Go ahead. Say it. You know you want uh, to. Teoscar Hernandez there is scheduled go. to join us at 6.30. He'll be, it'll be fine. I just know that sometimes I saw him three times in a row, three games in a row before he got traded, and he said three times in a row that he would come on our show. He's just a year late. So hopefully, fingers crossed. Well, happens. he should come on after the game he had yesterday, too. Yeah, I mean, he's had a, he's had a solid year. Speaking of yesterday, how about them Orioles? Did you see that? Yeah, the Rays in trouble. You see the Orioles offensively. Mm. Yeah, the, that's the mm. that's the one team that needs a a innings eater in the rotation and a bat. By the way, if you followed my advice, you made money last night. I don't. I'm not sure. A ton of people thing. listen to Jeff. Is there a ton of people? You you would have made you wouldn't made some money if you'd followed my advice. Barker was more. Tyler Glasnow, Baltimore. I told you it was in the bag. Baltimore it took, is it took ten innings, mm-hmm. but. So in the, in the bag. They, so they won. They yeah. won. I mean, when you rarely win, you remember those times. So enjoy it. It's rare. Uh hey, Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. Playing first. Playing first base tonight. Uh, yeah. Didn't I ask that to uh I think Jason Stark like, Yes, you did. Yes, two, you did. Two months ago, and he said, No way. No way that's happening. Uh uh. uh. Yeah. I, I'm not sure Bryce likes the DH thing. He's too, he's too, he's wired different. It's just not, it's not in the cards for that. Yeah. I, I tend to think, I, I tend to, to, to buy into that now. Some I, people I, are wired differently. And I think he's one of the guys that has to be doing things to separate bad things mm. that happened to him offensively. Like it's, he's got to walk away from it. If he doesn't, he'll sit over there. It'll, it'll fester and. You know, she's just not doing things he wants to do. Yeah, so, he's an alpha dude. Better, he, he's, oh, there's he's, no he's question. An, the alpha is And he will do anything dudes. that it takes to help his team. And this seems to be one of the things. Now they can, that sort of revolving door with the DH, and he can play a little bit at first base. I mean, he's a, he'll be a decent, he'll be good enough over there. Yeah, he's a good the enough athlete. good enough over there. It's a good enough athlete. Yeah. Uh, going to first base, the DH spot is freed up. They can use Kyle Schwarber at DH a little more. Um, I'm sure we look good hitting second for the Jays. Stop it! I've said we we've said that <laughs> we said that going back oh, man. going back two years. If you had it to do over with, you think Ross would have spent the eighty? Was it eighty? Four 70, for eighty, seven, four for eighty, six or something. Five for like eighty, that. something. Man, mm. I mean that's forty hitting second for you. Yeah, it's a no brainer for me. Yeah, four years, seventy nine. Yeah, but. Again, as a free agent, he had he had the choice to make. Mm, maybe. Mm. But, yeah, Kev, uh, Kyle Schwarber in this lineup. Then you probably wouldn't have made a move for Varsho. Again. You know, it's 
But I mean, know, the, the, the organization didn't do Varsha. You know, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all, what is that? We'd all have a Merry Christmas or something like Don't that. Don't hit him clean up. Is that what that means? Don't what? hit him clean up. All that you just said there? What did you just say? If ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas. That means don't hit him clean up. Then yeah, absolutely. I don't know what that means, but I have no idea. Anyhow, Tiasca Hernandez may join us. I think he will. Have faith. Everything will be fine. You know me. I am a man of faith. Say Kikuchi gets a start tonight against Bryce Miller. Tomorrow, a 4-10 first pitch. Kevin Gossman against Logan Gilbert. <laughs> oh, man. And then Sunday at 4-10, Alec Manoa against Brian Wu. What could go wrong? Yeah. Keep in mind that last year it was a it was a trip to Seattle where I think a lot of us thought the wheels came off the year for the Blue Jays. They pulled it out after that. But there'll be a lot of Jays fans down there. If you're going to the game, make a lot of noise. Uh, you know, say hi to Danny and Hazel and... Anybody who's down there and uh, enjoy yourself. I still think it's funny that the couple of the Mariners players got their, you know, what tied in a knot because they were selling Jay's jerseys at the Mariners souvenir store the other day. Paul Seawald among, among the others oh. was, not, was not too happy about that. What did he say? It's kind of, it was like, oh, come on. But Paul Seawald was the guy. Remember when the Jays, uh, when the Jays were in Seattle last year and, uh, you know, uh, and were swept by the Mariners. He was the guy walking off the field, kind of pointing, my house, our house. You know, which it was at that time. And then, yeah, yeah. And then of course, it was in the playoffs as well. Mm. But uh, anyhow, Jays in Seattle, three games, 10-10 first pitch, 4-10, 4-10. And then they're off to play the L.A. Dodgers. At Chavez Ravine, Wednesday's game is a 4-10 first pitch on Wednesday. This would be a good time for the offense to start. This would be a real good time for the offense. better. This would be a real good time for the offense to start. You know, every, being every single one of these pitches that matter from the first inning till the last inning for the pitching staff is can they continue to be this good? Like, I, you hope so, but you would think there's going to be a pocket here because they love talking pockets that the offense is going to have to, for about a week span here real soon, have to do some things that they haven't been doing, which is score some runs off of starters, which they haven't been real good about doing that. Nope. You know, having some competitive at-bats. D- doesn't matter if you get out. Stop swinging at OO sinkers in off the plate. Stop doing that. Like, have, make it a little tougher. If you're going to get out, get in a hitter's count. Get ahead in the count. Like, do some things to pass the baton that way. And because you have talent, maybe they'll score more runs and help pitching staffs and help John Snyder and, and Pete Walker make easier decisions. In back-to-back starts, you say Kikuchi, six innings against Miami, seven against Oakland. We were quite, I think, excited by what we saw. Change the speeds on the That game against Oakland threw 101 pitches over seven innings. Change the speeds on the breaking ball. And uh, against Boston, four and a thirds. Chicago, five. Arizona, four and two thirds. Uh, Wasn't too happy being taken out of a couple of those games. Uh, He'll get over. What are your expectations for him tonight? Oh, man. That's a great question. It's a great question. I, I mean, I know we're going to deal with it later on, but, but, um, you know, he's going against his former team. Yeah, he pitched, he pitched, uh, uh in May in 2022 against Seattle. I think he went six innings, walked Te- three guys, Teoscar Hernan- six. Yeah, Teoscar Hernandez, four mm-hmm. for nine, the home run and two RBI. Yeah, Teoscar, Ty France. Ty is France. Good. 
Rodriguez will be good enough that he'll have to, you know, be good locations with the fastball. Uh, the breaking balls have to be competitive. Doesn't have to throw them for strikes all the time. <clears throat> Just be a hard take. You know, occasionally throw better sliders. Have it look like a slider, not like a cutter. You know, maybe if he has to, throw some change-ups, which I don't think he has to if the if the breaking ball with the different speeds on that's okay. I just think it is – John Snyder talks about this all the time with Alec Manoa, and it's no different with any other pitcher. It is about being efficient, getting some quick outs, pitches per inning. If he can control those three things, throw strike one enough, he's not – going to be one of those guys that throw eight out of 10 batters strike ones because he tries to overthrow a lot of the times and he Mm -hmm. relies on velocity, which is okay. You don't have to do that. You're the fifth starter. Your job is to go five innings and give the lineup a chance to have a big inning. That's what your job is. It's not to go six or seven or eight innings. It's to go five innings. That's why you're the number five starter. So, yeah, I think simplify it. And maybe don't overthrow early in the game. You know, it's going back to Seattle. Some expectations there. I'll show you. How dare you? I'm pretty good now. You know, he's changed mechanics. He seems more confident. Be easy, free and easy. Don't overdo it. Last couple starts looks to me like he's trying to overthrow. He's trying to force break. And I think the layoff, he's not a visual guy. Okay, explain. Explain well, I used to explain be, what I, you mean. I used to be that way, too. I couldn't, I couldn't go in the cage, work on something, walk away from the cage for five days, visualize that come back on the sixth day and it looked exactly the way it looked when I left the cage. I wasn't that guy. I had to repeat it over and over and over and over again. He's that way, right? It's, I pick it up. It's fluid. I'm not thinking about it. It's coming off my fingers the right way. I'll catch it out front. I'm landing in the same spot. I actually have to do it for me to be good at it. I was the same way. There's a lot of hitters, pitchers, fielders, the exact same way. Can't visualize that. Can't sit around a, you know, in their locker and go, Oh, this is the way it's supposed to look. Unless Got an iPad actually, now. Yeah, but it's very hard to – it's one thing to see it. Yeah, I know. It's another know. thing to walk on the mound and face a big league hitter that's right-handed at Teoscar Hernandez, who's really tough on lefties. Ty France, who's going to make you, you know, change speeds, make a quality pitch, be efficient with two strikes. Like, he's going to force you to do certain things. And I think for me, watching him and just when he has bad outings – and he has good outings. It's just they're totally different. Like it's, and then that layoff I think really hurt him too. You know, going ten days between starts not the easiest thing to do. Yeah. So maybe this start will be a little bit better. Again, I'm not saying it's going to be six innings better, but I think he's going to be efficient enough. And that's the job of these guys is to allow the lineup to have one one big inning. I mean, I'm looking at his last start against a good team. Well, that's not really fair. I'm th- that's not really fair to the Miami Marlins. Because the Miami Marlins aren't a horrible team. But six innings, two hits. Uh, going back to Baltimore, four and two-thirds, six hits, two earned runs. I mean, it, it, it's really the Boston the Boston and Chicago games were the ones where the, yeah, the five a, earned runs, the four earned runs really at, kind of concerned it, me. Yeah, but if you look at it, it's pitches per inning. Yeah. It's pitches in four innings. Yes, 86 right? pitches in four and a third innings. How hard he has to work, right? It's throwing 89. strike one. It's getting to two strikes. When I get to two strikes, what do I do now? Can, yeah. I, can I be efficient enough with my location and competitive enough? To your point, that's 94 what, and four and two-thirds innings it, against that's Baltimore. That's what it is, right. right? You're the fourth and fifth guy, sort of like Alec Manoa, right? Last year, because he had the the big shape and the late break on the slider and was dominating with the two-seamer arm side with two strikes, you knew it was coming, nothing you could do about it. 
right? Mm-hmm. I'm efficient. I'm going to give you seven innings because when I get the two strikes, I'm dominating you. He, you say Kikuchi, is sort of the same way. A lot of the times he'll fall behind, which runs the pitch count up, but it's two strikes. When I get the two strikes to a good right-handed hitter, how do I get him out? What do I go to? Elevated fastball, fastball in, slow breaking ball, back foot slider. Do I go to a split change that I don't like to throw, but I'm throwing it because the slider's not breaking or it's not competitive or the breaking ball. So that's where he gets in trouble. Pitches go up, and then he goes four and two-thirds instead of five and a third. John Schneider is manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. He won his uh, 100th game as Jays manager yesterday. It took him 171 games to do it. That matched Cito Gaston. If you're interested, Carlos Tosca won his 100th game in his 182nd game. Jimmy Williams in his 185th game. Jim Fergosi in his 193rd game. So John Schneider tied with Cito Gaston as the fastest manager to get 100 wins with the Blue Jays. He is, of course, in Seattle, where the Blue Jays are getting ready to take on the Mariners in the three-game series, and John Schneider will join us next. Live from Seattle, it's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. is the first pitch tonight. The Jays opening a three-game series against the Seattle Mariners. I mean, I was going to call it Toronto South, but that's not really true because I don't know if that's actually south latitude from Toronto. But there's always a ton of Jays fans in Seattle. I I know we have John on, but real quick, can I ask you something? Sure. You you think the time difference, because you've covered baseball forever. Yeah. Uh, I I, I covered it before there were clocks. Like it's a big deal, you think? First day, second day. You think it's a big deal? I don't know. I mean, I've always thought. I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I've always thought traveling west is a bigger deal than, you know, traveling the other way. Like, I've flown across, you know, I've flown to China and places like that. And a long flight, I think you kind of just suck it up and realize your body's going to be screwed up. I've always thought the west is on that fringe where three hours, yeah, it's going to be different, but it's not going to be completely different. So I know that's a non-answer, but it's the best one I have. John Schneider is Blue Jays manager. Wasn't a good answer. What? Well, I'll ask John that. I'll I'll, I'll ask John that. John, thanks for joining Barker and Barker and myself. Um, Kevin, I was I was going to ask Kevin that same question. He's done it. I have done it, but look, it was not a big deal. John, I got to be honest with you. It was way better than riding the bus for in two, the minor way leagues. Better. Way better. So yeah, it didn't bo- nice, didn't yeah. bother me at all. But it's an interesting thing because you have heard. Blue Jays players say that it's a thing. You have to think about it. You have to work it out. It's sort of mixing up routines and how long you sleep and how late you stay up at night. Like, it's things they have to think about. I don't, is there anything to that, you it think? Is a, it, it is a little bit of that. I always think it's the second day. Like, you get in today, and I think everyone's adjusted to it. You, you get to sleep a little bit later than what you're used to. Um and then, you know, you got day game, day game on Saturday, Sunday, which is a little bit tough. But, you know, baseball players are wired a certain way, and they kind of they, they are really good at rolling with uh, kind of whatever comes their way when you're playing every day. So I think having, like you said, the big crowds, the huge support we get here from our Jays fans, you know, to kind of energize you a little bit, I think that helps too. Yeah, yeah I, I do remember Troy Tulowitzki when he was here talking about, we started talking about traveling to Colorado to play. And his point was that was the trip that is really because of the altitude. That's, 
you know, he said he no- he noticed it when he was with the Jays, and of course when other teams would come in, that that is kind of the trip that whoa, there's a real difference, you know, because of the altitude. Yeah, that one's much different. I've only done it once uh, a few years ago, but that one you can really feel, you know, time difference and altitude difference. Um, again, I think it's a place here in Seattle, you know, where you know we've been to, we're comfortable with, we're familiar with. So uh, hopefully we just knock the rust off and uh, and keep it rolling tonight. So uh, tell us where Yenesis Cabrera fits into your plans right now. Um, you know, another left-handed arm that has big stuff, obviously. Um, you know, we've seen him over the course of his career, whether it was minor leagues or big leagues, you know, kind of familiar with him. Um, he's going to meet us sometime on the road, not quite sure, still figuring that out as we speak. But it's a, a left-handed option, which I think, you know, eases a little bit of a, of a load off of Timmy Meza and even Trevor Richards and Eric Swanson a little bit, who we use in, you know, kind of similar uh, situations based on lineup. So, um, really excited about the stuff, really excited about the strikeout capability um, that he does have, especially against left-handed hitters. Uh, we're going to be facing a ton of those coming up between Baltimore, Boston, um, just to mention a few. So uh, excited to kind of get him in and, um, you know, get him settled and, and um, looking forward to him helping us. John, John how is trust? Yeah, this time of the year, you're trying to win baseball games. It's all it's about. It's about winning. And you trying to find a pocket for a new pitcher to come in who hasn't had the greatest of years, right? He's walking some batters in, in you know, per nine innings. He's given up some hits, right? But the lefties, he's basically dominating. Those are hitting somewhere around 200. How do you, how do you gain trust as a manager with that guy? Is it you don't use him after a certain inning? Is it... Right, you you're mixing him in, say fifth inning, two outs, lefty coming up, bottom of the order. Let's see if he gets that out. If he gets that out, and then we'll move on to the next one. Is that sort of how it is? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, you feel comfortable with the guys that we do have here and what they've done over the course of this year. And then when you when you have an addition, you know, you want to try to put him in spots to have success. That's the that's the goal with any player, but especially I think any any arm coming out of the bullpen. So. Uh, with each outing, I think, you know, you, you evaluate it. You see how he responds in each situ- uh, situation. In a perfect world, you kind of get him in and lower leverage and, and work your way up. But it's, um, it's, an exciting, it's an exciting ad for sure. And, um, you know, hopefully he can kind of just fit right in. And, um, you know, I think that it's, it's going to be really key to just try to get him, you know, initially, you know, for sure in spots that, you know, we think he's going to have a lot of success. Every time you're on, I I always have to ask a Vladdy question. So let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, look, whenever you see him take 99 with some sank from a righty and have a two-handed finish and hit a line drive home run to right field, that's elite stuff. That's what you talk about all the time, about getting a pitch that he can do damage on. But, John, i got to be honest with you. Then you watch the game before with you say, Kikuchi, now you, or, uh, you Darvis, I'm, I apologize. He was sort of throwing the two-seamer in early in counts, and that's sort of been his little kryptonite all season is early in counts, runners on base. I sort of get myself out. How do you find that balance? Like the, the in-between, Vladdy, right, is – if he can take that one, get a little deeper in account, give a guy a chance to maybe hang one thigh high middle of the way so he can do sort of what he did hitting the home run to right field. Yeah, I mean, for one, really impressive swing yesterday to do what he did with, like you said, uh, a sinking fastball 99. But Vladdy, it's interesting. You know, it's, yeah, it's 99 and it's sinking, and it's just about where that pitch started. That pitch started middle of the way and kind of ran back to the middle. And I think, 
you know, when he's swinging at pitches in that area, as opposed to ones that are starting middle and running in, um, he hits the ball so damn hard, he's going to do damage, you know? So these are things that, you know, G, Hudgy, Hunter, they talk with Vladdy about and all of our guys about all the time. And, um, you know, Vladdy, I think he's so talented. He's, you know, it, as as he goes forward, if he's just focusing on getting the balls in the middle of the plate, he's going to have huge numbers and have a lot of success. So the in-between stuff, it, it is weird. There's, I mean, we ran into some good pitching with San Diego. That's, sure. that's a pretty mm-hmm. good stat. Yeah. And between Musgrove, Darvish, and Snell. And then you get guys that are, you know, I think a part of it too is understanding how you're going to be attacked, right? And, and especially in certain situations. So not being afraid to be, you know, 1-1, one, one, um, even 1-2. You know what I mean? You don't want to be sitting 1-2, but no matter who's on the mound, you know, I think, you know, with the exception of a handful of guys, the more and more you work them, the more and more prone they are to make mistakes. So if you can stay convicted with that approach and just really have the understanding of how they're going to try to attack you um, and kind of shrink that zone a little bit, Vladdy's as dangerous as anybody in the league. Uh, John, you say Kikuchi starting tonight. What will be the key for him in terms of managing and maintaining an efficient pitch count because it seems to me that that's you know that's one of the well let's face it i mean the more pitches you throw the chances are you're going to be taken out of a game earlier what does he have to do to maintain uh, establish and maintain an efficient pitch count i hope what he can build off of his last outing he kind of he kind of adjusted um after a couple innings was just um locating his slider a little bit i think you know his last outing too the curveball and the change up were a little bit hit and miss um, but for him to be efficient, you know, I think, you know, when you're in the zone, um, usually good things happen. Sometimes bad things happen when you talk about damage being done with home runs and extra base hits. But with his stuff, when he's in the zone, you know, he has a pretty good chance to get guys out. Um, we totally understand that with that comes some risk with, you know, with damage and things like that. But um, if he's getting, you know, two of his pitches in the zone really consistently, he's, he's been damn good this year. And if he can do that and arrive, you know, at a certain point in the game with an efficient pitch count, you know, I think that's what drives the length of the outing. Um, and it is it is very unique how teams, you know, stack righties against him. And then you look at what options we do have in the bullpen in certain situations, and you try to make some incremental gains in terms of matchup too. But um, it all comes down to, you know, at least two pitches in the zone consistently and then getting quick outs with that Um you know, at the start of the game, so he's in a good spot, you know, come the fifth, sixth, seventh inning. On Saturday with Gosman, health-wise, you're confident enough there's nothing you're looking for, like, you know, landing spots, rotation, velocity, break, like there's none of that. He's healthy, and you're just going to enjoy the show, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I watched his side on Wednesday. He was letting it eat. You know, it was a it was a, a, pretty, a fairly good workload in, in terms of number of pitches and um, looked like Kevin Gosman. So we got no restrictions with him tomorrow. Um, I know we had a really good outing against these guys last time and um, excited to get him back on the mound every every fifth day. John, did you see anything from Alejandro Kirk yesterday that uh, was markedly different from what we've seen before? And you know, Kevin and I had this discussion. That was a good. That was a good day, to say the least. A good day at the yeah. plate for him, offensively. Do guys do guys build off good days, or is it still you know next day we got a different starting pitcher and you kind of got to do it all over again? A little bit of both, but I think with Kirky in particular, you know, things that he's been working on, um, kind of behind the scenes. It's um, you know, I think yesterday's game in a nutshell with the walk couple knocks and a homer that's what he can do on a consistent basis and 
with him, you know, I think trying to do probably, this sounds so easy to, to say or to fix, but trying to do a little bit too much, trying to hit the ball harder than what he really does need to hit it. You know, sometimes your, your mechanics can get thrown out of whack a little bit, and that happens to a lot of hitters and even really good hitters. You know, you see it around the league all the time. So I think yesterday's game in a nutshell was just approach-wise, you know, the best we've seen in a while, results-wise, obviously, too. But, you know, these are things that he's constantly working on. And I think that, you know, over the course of a year, there's going to be ups and downs. Our expectation of him, you know, I think after last season and what he was able to accomplish, you know, that that's always going to get a little bit higher and higher when you have that kind of success. So just a matter of him getting back to that, understanding that, you know, he's going to hit the ball hard enough. He doesn't have to try to do too much. You know, when you try to do too much, your swing gets a little bit long. I think that's when you see some of the ground balls come into play and, um, just not being synced up, you know, in the batter's box. So hopefully he can build off of yesterday, but it is going to be different with every pitcher, you know, that you do face. But Kirky's got such a unique ability to um, to control the zone and really hit anybody, you know, when he is right. So uh, we're hoping he can really keep it rolling. Yeah, John, when I think Manoa is really good with two strikes, it's occasionally, you know, obviously the shape on the slider is – important but it's occasionally me against you if i need the extra gear the extra velocity i can go to it that for me is what makes him special when he's really good why does he not have the extra gear i mean i think we've seen flashes of that really um you know we saw flashes of it even in his last outing in double a where his last pitch was 95 um i think that you know Alec is, he's funny, man. We've, we've said it for the whole time he's been up here. He almost builds as the outing goes on. He knows when to add a little bit, whether it's a four seamer at the top of the zone, or if it's going to be a sinker, he's going to try to go ball to strike with. He has that. And I think the things that he worked on delivery wise will allow him to continue to get closer to that too, in terms of how quick he's getting down the mound and what kind of finish that leads to with both, you know, both slider and fastball. Um, so those are the things that we've been looking at. I think that that extra gear will be there, um, you know, and, and it's um, it's just a huge weapon for him when he does have that, when he does get ahead of batters. And he was he was doing that his last outing and just, um, you know, I think, you know, didn't really hit the location of it, you know, more so than, than the actual finish of the pitches. John, uh, we talked about the addition of Genesis Cabrera, um, and, you know, that's that time of year, right? We're 10 days away from the trade deadline, and a lot of teams are going to be making moves, and frankly, there's going to be a lot of talk about moves that never are made, never will be made, and maybe never even considered. That's kind of where we are right now. Uh, as, as a manager, do you sort of keep a... Uh, an ear open and keep a weather eye on that, you know, to make sure that it's not becoming a distraction in the clubhouse or is it just not, you know, is that just not a factor? I mean, we, we have casual conversations about it. I think, um, you know, I think we have a, a an old enough group to understand, you know, this time of year. And mm-hmm. um, I think everyone's a little bit anxious to see, you know, what is out there and how, any piece could help a contending team. Um, And at the same time too, I think what we really, you know, have been, you know, diving into and expending a lot of energy on is how can we continue to drive this group that is here forward and get better? What can we do to tighten up um, our own group right now that, you know, trade deadlines tough because you think, you know, you're going to get this big ad and it's just going to be like a button you push and you make your team that much better. Mm -hmm. And, Sometimes that is the case with really, really unique talents. Uh, But at the same time, you know, with the group that we have assembled, you know, that has been here the entire year, 
you know, we all think that there's, you know, there's a lot of room left to, to really continue to, to move this group forward too. So they're, they're aware of that, you know, and they're excited about that too. And again, really any team that is contending like we are um, obviously open to um, and, you know, um, interested into any pieces that could help us get better too. So that's kind of where they're at. You know, the, like I said, they, they understand it. it. It's a lot of outside noise, but, they do a really good job of handling it in here, um, you know, just kind of casually talking about it. And um, but again, I can't overstate how excited we are about the guys that are that are here already. Uh, Dalton Varsha is a part of that group. He's six for his last forty-three. It's look, it's he's trying to find his way, right? It was mechanical yep. start of the year. It was hitting cleanup. You're trying to figure out that. You're trying to figure out how to get on base. We've had this conversation with you. Is there is there one adjustment you think that sort of could get him in a better flow just to be more competitive. It ain't about production. I don't think a lot of the times with him, it's just when he walks to the plate, be a tough out. Is there something that you see that maybe he could change that would make him a tougher out? Yeah. I mean, we've seen him be a tough out. We've seen him do damage. And I think that's why we're so excited about him. And, you know, I think he'd be the first one to admit that, yeah, it is tough right now. Um, I think one thing that probably jumps out is just, whenever a hitter is grinding a little bit, it, it comes down to the pitches that you swing at, you know, and I don't think it's anything mechanical with Dalton right now. I think it's just stepping in that box and, and looking, you know, looking to be aggressive early in counts. And if that pitch isn't there where he can handle it, moving on to the next pitch, you know, and I think you could say that about a lot of hitters, but especially with Barsh, um, you know, as long as he's swinging at the right pitch, you know, he's going to be really good. You know, you see the high fastball, you see the breaking balls down. And I think in between those are pitches that, um, he may not be offering it that he that he is really good on. So I think part of that is when you are going up and down a little bit, um, you know that can get compromised at times. Um, so I just want I want to see him be aggressive um, on pitches that he, that he can handle because I've said it the whole year. There's there's so many ways this dude helps us win. Yeah. You know you know in the bo- in the box on the bases in the field. So um, not putting too much pressure on himself and just really being selective on pitches that he can hammer. John, we can't let you go without congratulating you and picking up your your 100th win yesterday. uh, You and Cito Gaston both did it in the same same number of games. Uh, I know, obviously, you had to jump on a plane. You're getting ready to to take on the Mariners. But any any sort of reflections on what 100 100 wins as a a major league manager means to you? Uh, It's really – thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, It's it's cool. You know, it means that you have really good players, uh, for one. And it means that, you know, you're, you know, relatively consistent with what you're doing, which is what I take a lot of pride in, but to kind of be mentioned in, you know, the same sentence as Cito, who is a legend, not just in the Blue Jays organization, but around the game of baseball is, um, humbling and unique and, and special. Um, and I, I wasn't even really aware of it until it happened. Um, but I think it's, I think it's really cool. It means that, you know, like I said, players are the ones out there competing and the ones getting it done. So thankful that I've been around the group for a long time and uh, that I can accomplish it with them and the staff that is here as well. But uh, hopefully there's uh, a few hundred more coming. I was going to say, let's get it started with 101 tonight. John, yeah, thanks awesome. very much for doing this, man. Uh, go get him and uh, travel safely. Good luck, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it as always. Yeah, see ya. John Schneider, manager of the Blue Jays. And that was his 100th victory as manager. That's pretty cool. There's awesome. still there's still round numbers. There's still milestones that you look at. And 
He's I right. Think you remember. Got to have good players. That's a that's a big deal. But you you got to direct them in in the right way, and he seems to be doing that. It's it's pretty cool where he, where he's come from and what he's turning into. It's I th- me anyway. I think they got something special here. That's just me. Yeah, I think it's a. Uh, I think it's going to be a. Uh, well, this 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 is going to be an inter- this is going to be an interesting road trip. This is uh, this could set things up for these guys. Um, Seattle, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, how, saying, it, how it was last time I, you played I'm, Seattle? I'm, I got it. Given given what's going on in the division right now, I'm happy three and three coming out of this trip. Sure. Three and three. Yeah. Yeah. Given uh, given where we are and given what we what we've seen lately, because I'm beginning I'm beginning to think that the uh, I'm beginning to think that the organization that the organization I'm beginning to think that uh, perhaps the AL East is going to be a little strides forward offensively is what yes. I'd like to see. I'd love to see that. Yes, absolutely. Competitive outs. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of competition, Uh-oh. it's time for between the lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. You've turned this into something. Well, because because I, I won yesterday with my ballsy, I might yeah, say, yeah, ballsy yeah, prediction boy. on the on the Baltimore yeah. Orioles. Well thought out. Oh yeah, it was. They were going to respond yeah, to their yeah. general manager first, adding first a place deal. Orioles. Yeah, out on a limb. Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson, baby. I guess you're right about the Rays. His first pitch strike count good. was amazing. Yeah, but you know what is even more amazing? How many times they swung at his first pitch curves that weren't in the zone? Yeah. It was not good. They're raising trouble. Well, Mr. Boffo. They are. Mr. Boffo. What do you got for us? All right, guys. You spoke about it earlier. You say Kikuchi making mm-hmm. the return to Seattle. Let's make some money tonight. Mm-hmm. We're looking at over, under, 15 and a half outs. What do you guys think? I'm going, well, I'm going over. Now, the, the Mariners, they haven't faced a lot of lefty lefty pitchers. Mm. Uh, you know, Teoscar absolutely demolishes left-handed pitching. But now I, I'm going to take, I'm going to go, you know, I'm looking at this. You've got Gossman tomorrow. Mm. You know, he's coming off, uh, whatever, a fairly long absence. Mm. You got Manoa the day after. I think John Schneider's going to err on the side of caution a little bit here and maybe give uh, maybe give you say Kikuchi a longer leash because I think you've got to you got to manage with those next two starts in mind. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm taking the over. Yeah, and what is the over? I mean, can he give him six innings? Yeah, I think you can give him six innings. La- la- last twelve starts, you say Kikuchi has only two times went more than five innings. And who are they against? In his last twelve starts. Uh, Oakland and Miami. Yeah. Ty France hits lefties really well. Tay Oscar hits lefties really well. I'm taking the under. It's not going to be much under that because I do think he's going to be better, but I, it's the overthrowing. It's the non-competitive secondary pitches. It's the not throwing strike one enough. Those three things add up for me is the reason why the last 12 starts, only two times he's went more than five innings. I'm taking the under. There's a reason why he's the number five starter. I, now, I you could say Alec Manoa is the number five starter. I'm calling Yusei Kikuchi the number five starter. There's a reason why I, he is. Give him a chance. Most of the time he does that. Yeah, I, I do think if Kevin Gossman was – if, if just making a, if if nothing had happened, if he hadn't missed his last start, if he was making his regular regular return, uh, I, I might be a little more 
taken the under. But I just think that Manoa game, it's like a landmine there. Manoa against the Mariners. And then just kind of not knowing about Gossman. If it's going to come down to do you give him an extra th- a chance to get out of an inning, I think if you're John, you you probably do it. But we talked about it's going to come down to efficiency, and, and you've pointed this out. Some of those starts, 94 pitches in four and two-thirds innings is not good. No. And if you see, you say Kikuchi, with like 20 pitches in the first inning tonight, then we can. <clears throat> but uh, he'll, like, he'll be good. I, I just don't think he'll be great. And great is six innings. Man. I think is well, we'll see. As I said, I think John gives him a long, uh, long enough leash. Mm. That was between the lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. As we mentioned, the Mariners and Jays start a three-game series tonight, 10-10 first pitch, right here on Sportsnet 590, the fan. And Sportsnet Saturday's game is 4-10. Sunday's game is 4-10. John Schneider just telling us that Yenesis Cabrera, the pitcher the Jays acquired today, uh, in return for minor league catcher Sammy Hernandez, will join the Jays, quote, at some point on the trip. So... Could be in L.A. I, I suppose it could be tomorrow. Could be Sunday. Uh, but uh, to make room for him on the 40-man roster, the Jays have uh, have DFA'd uh, Trent Thornton. So we'll see when Yenesis Cabrera joins the team. But we talked about it. The reasoning's quite simple. You've got to build in a little insurance for Tim Meza, Trevor yeah, Richards, and Eric Swanson. John said it too, though that they're they're about to face a lot of left-handed. They hitters. are, and yeah, left tr- throwing ninety-six. Let's the, see with, with how his year has went. The trust thing that will be intriguing. Uh, when do you use him? How much do you use him? He has a stinker. When do you use him again? Yep. That's the question. Mike Cameron is a former Mariners outfielder. He is a former All Star. He is a three count him three time Gold Glove winner. He played on the last Mariners team to make postseason. Well, before last year, he also works in their player development department. Mike Cameron's next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast.